All righty. Hello, everybody. Uh, we're back again with another episode of Recovery Friends Podcast. Um, I'm Andy, and I am the host. Um, real quick about the podcast, we are a, a group of people who are in active recovery from addiction, and uh, we come on here, share our unique experience in the hope that the listeners... Um, Many listeners out there uh, in still in active addiction uh, will hear the stories uh, and maybe find a little bit of hope for their recovery. Uh, we are not affiliated or do we speak for any 12-step programs or any other addiction or recovery-related entity. Uh, the ideas expressed here are solely the experiences of our guests and not the opinion of their chosen path to recovery. Uh, so... That that's the that's the preamble. <laughs> um, and today on the show, uh, we have my friend Ben, who, in all honesty, um, has been a, an integral part in my journey. And um, so, how you doing, Ben? <laughs> doing pretty good. It's good to be here. Yeah, um, I know that you're like a a, a tech. Uh, savvy guy but usually i tell people to get about this far from the mic i don't know if it matters this far ah. yeah like maybe like three fingers okay i don't know yeah <laughs> so uh how are you so yeah we got ben here tonight and he's going to share his experience uh with us um so if you tell us a little bit a little bit about yourself mr ben did i say your last name just now Cause I, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> we can bleep it out. I'm just so used to saying your last name when I say your name. So. Uh, no, um, no. My name is Ben, and uh, I'm from South Louisiana. Okay. Born in Metairie. Grow, grew up in Homa, Louisiana. Okay. Named after the Homus Indians. What? I didn't know that. Native Americans. Yeah. But, I mean, growing up, we called them Homus Indians, don't we? say. Americans. Oh yeah, Indians is not cool, bro. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it is really isn't. I always find like whenever I say like, even saying indigenous people, is not good. It's no. not right, right? Because that's the root word is India. Native Americans. Native Americans. The natives. It conveys that there were people here before before we came. Our folks. Well, Although I have some Mayan Indian in me. Well, where are the lines and all that? That's yeah. I've got Mayan Indian in me, and I've got Spaniard in me. So it's like uh, I got both. No. So all right. So, Homa, Louisiana. <laughs> Do your thing, bro. It, look, this is uh, this. I I go off on tangents. You can feel free to go off on tangents too. Tangents and chocolate. Yeah, that's how I thought I would spend my Monday night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I told you to keep those away from me. So, Homa, Louisiana. What's up? Yeah, it was an interesting place to grow up. Um, I had a really awesome childhood. Um, it was full of art and music and outdoors and trees. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, like now I see how kind of fortunate I was to have that like Rural? opportunity to just like play outside, mm. you know, and like climb trees. The country. So it was like. Yeah, totally. Bayous and wow. swamp and yeah. sp Spanish moss and mm, trees. And wow. So the but Bahama is kind of a big 
bigger town, right? Post Katrina, it's gotten bigger. Yeah, but um, so there there's people who live in Homa who didn't have the country experience. I'm sure. Or not really. Yeah, but even so, we just hop on a bike and we can be... Yeah. Be We call it the woods. I'm yeah. going to the woods, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I grew up in in Oberlin, Louisiana. Where's that? It's in like... Dude, if... Oh, wait, is that west? Yeah. I remember like uh, a couple friends of ours and I went to the Mardi Gras down there one year and we posted a bunch of pictures. Uh, it was a weird... Uh, it's, you know, I was used to it. Um, it was like, I did it. I, I, I was, you know, I ran, not I didn't run the Mardi Gras with them, but I, like we would follow in trailers mm. and, uh, dude, I mean like when I say country, it's the country, like Homa to me, like coming of age in Oberlin, Homa would have been a big, would have mm. been a city. Right, right, right. You know, um, now I think, I mean, living in New Orleans, Homa's obviously like not, not, not necessarily a city but i think it is right it's not like whatever so i don't know the numbers you're a country boy in the woods playing banjos playing the playing the guitar well i grew i think piano i might have started with piano first Mm. but then like i kind of trailed off and then uh got a guitar when i was about 10 and it was like then i started listening to grunge music and Uh When I found grunge, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so angry, and this resonates so much. <laughs> I don't really know why I was angry. I mean, I was angry, mm-hmm. but um, didn't really have valid reasons to be yeah. in retrospect. Well, I mean, teenage, there's totally. t- teenage angst. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what is that? Where does that come from? Who knows? Hormones, puberty, yeah, all that. So you were going through puberty and you were angry and you didn't know why. Yeah, and the music was awesome. My first song was uh, Green Day, When I Come Around. Oh, boom, 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 I think it was like all my best friends' like song, first song. Smashing Pumpkins today. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were good times. The 90s. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mid-90s, right? No, I mean, I'm 33 now. Yeah. Wow, I'm 36. I feel old, dude. <laughs> I don't think I cursed just now. I think I said for. Nah, you can say for. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, I, the FCC is not regulating this thing, so. <laughs> feel free to say fuck. Oh! <laughs> oh, snail! He didn't! <laughs> oh uh, it's okay. Dude, you should see. Like, I mean, obviously, don't make it like a fuck fast. Yeah. But, anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a recovery podcast. I guess I gotta. Yeah. Find talk drugs about, and talk, alcohol. Talk some about p- that. Obviously, at some point. <laughs> so what? We're we're like seven minutes in. Oh and you, man. And you haven't talked. To, like you're talking about your experience as a kid. That's fine. You know. Yeah. Um, teenage angst. So I imagine at some of the at at at, at this point in your life. Was maybe when you discovered the uh, the substance of your of your liking. Yeah, I mean um, the school and the religion. It was like really, it was very rich and vibrant in my life, but it Mm -hmm. didn't resonate at all. It felt like an artificial reality to me. That was like, just like, why would I want to do this? Like Mm -hmm. this is so, like, uh, 
I don't know, like heavy. Yeah. And not, and it was like, I don't want to do this. This isn't fun. It felt imposed all of it, huh? Maybe. I just didn't feel free, you know? Yeah. And, and when I drank, that's when yeah. I felt some freedom. I, I don't remember the first couple drinks. I do remember some bottles of uh, like Budweiser around like family events. Yeah. You know, but the liquor cabinet was where my, my, uh, my, my journey began. Um, yeah, just tapping that liquor cabinet in my parents' home was just a magical thing for me. And then shortly thereafter, um, these people started, I mean, I became aware of these people who were also like kind of into that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was like, well, it was like, we all tuned in on the same frequency, you know, and it was like, wow, (laughs) let's hang out and do this together, you know? (laughs) And, uh, there was some buddies of mine who was like, you know, parents weren't home as much and like, or like parents were getting loaded too. And that's where we kind of like gravitated towards. And, uh, it was so much fun. It was like sneaking out, you know? And like, I was riding my bike here, um, in the South Louisiana air, There's something oh. romantic about just oh, being outside yeah. here, you know, the humidity. It really is. It's like, amazing. I felt like a uh, little kid again on the bike coming over here. Nostalgic. You know? yeah. yeah. It was just like free, you know, the wind yeah. going through my hair. It's like a, it's like a humid kind of air yeah. here too. Yeah. And then hanging out like in, in, in the countryside at night, there's something about it too. Totally. You know? Yeah. Especially when there's, <laughs> Love involved. Love, Ella, love and booze. Love and booze. Not really love, but yeah. <laughs> Whatever. This form of love. Yeah. Maybe, you know. What is love? Yeah. Oh, man. God. That's for my philosophy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I took to alcohol quickly, and I took to, um, well, I guess I didn't find weed until later yeah and then um but when i did find weed it was like my travel companion it was like yeah i feel like i'm like traveling everywhere on like this like a little like mobile air vehicle i'm like a little (laughs) like if you ever seen uh, avatar the last airbender i'm like the air sign for sure never seen that it's did uh, i see it my brother tried to get me to see it for like 10 years yeah and i finally broke down and watched it and it's good dude i'll watch it Ah, it's a Nickelodeon show, so it's kind of like, eh. But then it's like, ah, oh, I give it a plug. It's worth it. Yeah, all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. It's a series or? It's a series, yeah. Oh, I thought it was a movie. It, they came out with a movie. They came out with a bad movie. Yeah. Um, and all the fans hated it. Of like, it was a live action movie. But you can't please the fans. <laughs> you it was be. an M. Light Shyamalan dude Oh, really? Show. Yeah, it was bad. He's like, he's hit or miss. Very bad. But I love a lot of his stuff. That's besides the point. That's yeah. <laughs> that's good. Hey, so um, where were we? Yeah, so I found weed. Oh, Mar- oh, and, okay, yeah, and you felt like you were the guy from Airbender. Well, it was just like perfect for traveling around everywhere because I was always on the go. I was driving everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, was, I had a flask that as a kid, mm-hmm. and I would have whiskey in it, you know? It's not normal in no, retrospect, you know? Um, I was not the kind of kid that you wanted your... Like, if you're a parent, you didn't want your kids hanging out with me. I was, like, I was there to, like, burn it down. I wanted to see society and the religion and order. I wanted to see it crumble. Oh, wow. (laughs) And, you know, uh, the electric guitar and and weed, they're good, like, 
I, I wielded that for that agenda, which, yeah. of course, you know, whatever. Missed the boat. Did make some, I had some people in my life that, that were cool, that we, we played some music together. But um, I didn't realize, like, how special those bonds were. And I, uh, you burned them down? I burned them down. <laughs> I mean, that was, like, my MO. It was, uh, I had this wicked, I mean, I, I used the kind of analogy of, like, a, a vortex in my chest. But that's how it really felt. And it felt like that until even more recently in my life, you know? Yeah. It was just, like, this pit where it's, like, it's, like, it's not, it is fear, but it's not just fear. It's, like, an energetic yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's a buzz. It's, a, it's like a zzz. And I, I, it's just, like, it's down and, like, heavy and, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and bodily, not just mental. Like, my thinking was, my thinking was so messed up. Yeah. It just really was, like, find pleasure now in the form of preferably one of a couple substances, but anything will do, just not to be. Um, but then, um, but there was a bodily thing too for me and like, um, no, I relate to that. I mean, I was smoking cigarettes too. So yeah. like <laughs> my lungs were like on fire all the time, but yeah, no, I feel you. I, you know, I, I, I sometimes get like, I get full of fear and sobriety sometimes. And, and, and that feeling comes back, that feeling of like in your chest, like where you can, you know, and, and, and sometimes like it's that feeling that comes when my mind brings up something that I'm avoiding, you know, so there's that aversion and I go, Oh, I don't want to think about it. And so I try to do something to distract myself. And I find that like a lot of times that feeling in my chest, that vortex you're saying, like if meditation has taught me to just pay attention to it. It's not there anymore. Yeah. I'm still crazy in a lot of ways. You never get it. No, but it comes like more of like a shot, like a a streak of lightning that passes through me rather than like is all the time, full time internalized in my body. Yeah. And that's the difference now. Um, And I don't, I don't, I, you know, I always feel like kind of like (laughs) I need to knock on wood because sometimes I'll like be like, God, yeah, it's gotten good in this one respect and then it'll come back. Yeah. Um, But. I don't know. I feel like it's important to say because it's my reality. Like, it's my truth right now that mm-hmm. like I've experienced that most of my life, and then mm-hmm. that's not there anymore. Wow. You know. And what is there is um, well, it's a different. It's a different w- way of approaching life. Where, but it's not by choice either. It's, a, I can't think my way into where I am now. I had to. Uh, it's it's the result of a lot of people. Yeah. Who showed up in my life who um, showed me things at, like, the pivotal times, you know, just when I was, like, finally kind of, you know, ready to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but, like, when you were ready to say you don't know what you're doing, that's, like, it, huh? Yeah, you know, when (laughs) I just kind of let it down. You go, okay, I fucking don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually I'm like, all right, well, I know what I'm doing with all these other things, but, like, the drugs and the alcohol, I really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, so, you know, some other things <laughs> happened, obviously. Yeah. 
my drinking and drug using like ramped up from 12 to 19 and then like crescendoed and then um i never am not even talking about all the bad stuff that happened uh so many car accidents hmm. bad car accidents ran a stop sign and hit a pregnant woman driving that was wow. my first car accident then there was like th- many more mm-hmm. there was one where i uh i pulled a gas hose out of a gas station because <laughs> i was too hung over and like i forgot to put it back yeah, in the i think i did thing. that before i think i did that once and i had people honking at me like that nah, was like, you, had it, like normal, roll, you were you rolling know? with it down the street like, i know that like it happened to my girlfriend once and i made fun of her for it and yeah. then like i think it happened to me too i think that's a common thing though that's don't blame your alcoholism for that i mean i was not bringing too much to uh to to, to enrich society or yeah. like humankind or the earth you know i yeah. was really like uh just a fire mm. you know and not a good kind of fire and um I met so many pe- like amazing people too and, and all that. Um, but um, overall, I, I, and I don't know where it happened. I, I just became like this liar too. That was like a, that's been a big theme in my life too. It's yeah. like, uh, and I've written songs about it. Like I'm such a phony. I've yeah. known for so long I'm such a phony. Is that a lyric from the yeah, song? It is. Uh, oh, it's a really good song. Oh. It's called Phony. Yeah, give it to me, dude. Maybe ride me around like I'm a pony. Oh shit, (laughs) (laughs) dude. Maybe, maybe like I I, like I said, Preston recorded a song, and I put it at the end of his at the end of his episode. Maybe you can do one too. (laughs) If there's time, you can play the phony song. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but that's how I felt, and Uh um, I uh, I had all kinds of philosophies. That we're just, I'm just a hypocrite. I mean, yeah. I say one thing and just do the exact opposite. And uh, to tell you the truth, that's still been like a thing that's kind of writing in my life, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because life now is like still kind of weird and complex sometimes because, you know, it's hard to. It's kind of messy, like real life, you know. Yeah. What's good? What's bad? Who's right? Who's wrong? You know. It's it's kind of hard to tease out these things in reality. Yeah. You know. Um, to fix it in one way is difficult sometimes. Um. <laughs> but we all try. <laughs> yeah. I'm a liar too, though. Like, I used to. I used to say like the. The one thing that pissed me off the most was a liar, like a compulsive liar. Like, you know, those people that you like, you, every group of friends has that guy <laughs> who's like, who you like, can't believe anything he says. I think I was that guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I might've been that guy too. <laughs> now, like, I, I realized that like, cause like, and it would, and it would upset me so bad whenever I encounter that guy, probably because he was like infringing on my territory of mm. being that guy. <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, the whole, um, if you spot it, you got it thing, you know? So like it, the fact that it irritated me so much was probably indicative of the fact that I was like, that the truth was, is like, I was the biggest liar. I was walking around pretending and 
told this meth dealer once that I got stabbed and he was like, show us the scar. And I was like, I'm not going to show you the scar. And he's like, Ben, you don't have to lie. Like this is the meth dealer. Yeah. And he's like, dude, what's wrong with you? I wasn't a big meth guy. I was an Adderall guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, drug dealers, uh, um, encounter liars all the time. I'm sure that people like us, you know, yeah. un, uh, un, um, not okay with who we are. So we have to make up stories or we have to like divert your attention from, from the actual person, you know, lie when I don't have to lie yeah. too. But I certainly can't tell you what I'm really thinking and feeling because yeah. then, you know, I, then what if you like reject that, then I'd just be shattered, you know, but I tried, I built a, a character. I built my own character who I would present to people, mm-hmm. especially through my art, you know, and that's kind of been more till recently, you know, until it crumbled and it just burnt. Yeah. Uh, but in a beautiful way and ended up like, that's kind of. I don't know if that's attached to my recovery, but you know, along the way, I'm like really blessed to play with uh, amazing songwriters and players and yeah. audio engineers, and I mean, some really amazing people, you know, that um, didn't realize again like how lucky I was and you to like meet these people. And you're not playing, right? Not really, no. I mean, my last thing was in 2015. Yeah. You got rid of all your equipment? I have one guitar. Yeah. We can talk about that more later. It's a pawn shop special. It's a honer. It's so amazing. Is that like a good brand or is that like legit? No, it's 50 bucks or something. New? Like it's a new? It's like a 90s pawn shop. Well, that's cool. It probably has like a nice like just raw sound to it. Maybe. (laughs) Anyways. So where were we in your story? We were um, we're bouncing around because yeah. I don't know how else to tell it at this point. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I couldn't. You know, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be totally linear. It's not. It can't be. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be. Oh uh, man. Um. No, I got really, really ill. Um, I I became a chemist in the sense of I was trying to mix and match all these things together uppers yeah. downers I, I mean and dangerously yeah just uh i i loved uh whiskey and i was like really young you know i mean not that well, i guess i'm not unique in that respect but i can't imagine now having a kid doing what i did yeah you know i can't imagine it the meltdowns you know and my parents they did all they could they would Give me opportunities, you know. Tama, Bring me you said I can't imagine now having a kid. You don't have a kid, right? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> that sounded like you had a kid. I was like, whoa, whoa, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're right. Like I couldn't imagine like being a parent and having a kid. And and if my kid was doing what I did when I was 15. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. Like, I mean, 15 is, a, is like child. It's like losing. It's the opposite of winning the lottery. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, shoot. Like, kids are, teenagers do some wild stuff. And, and, and now I look at a 15-year-old where I thought I was, like, knew it all and fully grown. And, and I look at a 15-year-old and I go, oh, my God, you have no idea. 
It's fine, you know. Like I at that point in my life really did think I was ready for life. No way. No. No. Yeah. No, I had uh opportunities in therapy and in schools and in, and um and I, I think I had the hardware for it too, mm-hmm. but I just um I couldn't show up for it. Yeah. I was just law I was just like um you know, I just uh, like I'd found like the fountain of youth or something and I just couldn't stop, you know, or like I had like an itch that I just couldn't stop scratching or yeah, I didn't want to most, I, you know, I hear some people talk about like I, I tried to quit and then I, I had every reason to quit and then I would just start up again at the worst time. And for me, I did not want to quit. And if I did quit, it was by accident. It's cause yeah. I ran out. It's cause, um, um, I ran out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think at a certain point I did want to die. I wanted to not exist anymore because it was so painful to like face myself at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I got really, really dark, failed out of college. I had an opportunity there, grew weed in a closet and talked to myself in a bedroom or I'd go out and make a scene. I was like, I was, uh, I was way up or way down. Yeah. And um, moved back in with my parents, working at the yogurt shop. Nice. Free yogurt? That was the only part. Free yogurt, free rent? Shit. <laughs> oh, but it was messy. I mean, no. Um, yeah. And I took other, you know, I I took other people through my, my garbage, mm-hmm. you know? I mean... The more time now, it's like I kind of just realized I was, I was so wrong in so many ways that yeah. that even saying I'm wrong can't can't do anything. You know? Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. You know, um, not when you're a liar like me. You know, phony, riding phony, on, riding on a pony, <laughs> ride me like a pony. <laughs> Allora. So, um, uh, it was at this point that, um, my drug use like really took off and my hard liquor consumption was increasing and my health was really bad and I was driving a car. I was driving a vehicle. I mean, (laughs) that's really not anything to be proud of. Drive. What you mean, like drinking and driving and and using and heavily impaired. Yeah, dude. It's I like driving a bomb. Yeah, I do. Yeah, how how lucky? I didn't hit a pregnant woman. You know, um, I didn't. Thank God, I didn't hit anybody. Because I would drive. I would have. To, I would drive from from my mom's house in Oberlin to Baton Rouge. At night, sometimes, because I was living in Baton Rouge, like with like almost the whole way, with like a hand, a hand over one of my eyes. No, like that's the. So I know, dude. Like drinking and driving, and I used to think it was funny. Totally. I used to like think, oh man, I'm so, <sighs> you know, like, and I look back and I go, God damn, dude, I'm so lucky I didn't kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. How was the pregnant lady? She was. She wasn't injured uh, okay. at all, which was, like, really good. Wow. But uh, I had totaled my sister's car, uh, which 
Man. Um, so you're drinking a lot of liquor. This is after you dropped out of college. Yeah. And, um, you know, just kind of living in my car, barely making it to the ogre shop to work and spending all my money on drugs and alcohol. And uh, I finally got into my epic car accident, which I uh, hit three parked cars and I ran my car into a drain. And um, my, my father um, saved my life by saying the words, uh, get out of my house. Mm. I'll pay for you to go to rehab, but you can't stay here. And thus began the next chapter of my life. All right. Okay, good. That was perfect. Uh, so we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Ben's next chapter. All right, we're back from break. Uh, which, I guess, you, if, did you need to use the restroom? No. no. Okay, <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> because you didn't, uh, and I didn't either. Um all right, cool. So, next chapter in the book yeah. of 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 Ben. <laughs> yeah, so uh at 19 years old, I went to rehab not because I'm a good guy or anything, but because I went to get everyone off my back mm -hmm. and I didn't want to go to jail. Um and you had gotten kicked out of your home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not able to show up. Um and it was weird. It was strange. Um, I thought I was going for two weeks. Oh. And, of course, that turns into three months. Wow. I threw away the drugs I smuggled into the rehab, though. And never didn't use them And didn't all? use them. I did smoke a lot of yeah. cigarettes. That's a miracle, though, ah. that you did that. I had... Like these cigarettes, hollowed them out and put marijuana in, in the middle and then uh -huh. put tobacco on the outside. So they were like super hidden weed yeah. cigarettes. Um, what is that called when you mix tobacco and uh, weed? Eh. A spliff? spliff. <laughs> <laughs> so you smuggled some spliffs in. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And, uh, and then you threw them away. Threw them away. Um had pee phobia they were watching me in the mirror to pee for the okay. test oh. so it wasn't completely noble no i passed the pee i mean i did i, I was in with them i just mm. I, and it wasn't again no valor on my part it wasn't virtue no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny because like I, I i i think i've told you this i turned in money i found in the treatment center mm. uh and like i feel it was like 160 something dollars dang and I saw it, it immediately went to my wallet. <laughs> and uh and then throughout the whole day, my head started going, You're gonna get caught with this. This is a and then I went into like this is set up. This mm -hmm. is like bait money. <laughs> this is a test. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. probably you know, definitely delusional and unrealistic, but like that's where fear goes. Mm. And I realized I said, dude, I just gotta get give this money back. Now, there wasn't like any, it was, it was really solely out of fear of getting caught and kicked out because I stole money or something. But, but there was the idea, like, 
if this is gonna like be in my head like this fucking turning my wheels is, is not even worth keeping you know well welcome to sobriety <laughs> yeah <laughs> god well Ugh. but like I, I but i did i did like you know wear the badge of like that it was the honorable thing to do and i did it for the right reasons you know and all the counselors patted me on the back and you know i was praised as a model model uh treatment client so similar experience <laughs> so you flushed your your drugs and then you were in treatment they tricked you so what they they, they told you it was supposed to be two weeks that was the agreement i made i made with my family and oh. then um you know then it was like It, reality kind of set in. It's like, I'm really screwed here. Huh. You know, I don't have anything going for me at all. Um, I was really depressed and like didn't. Um, I, I remember looking at the ground and chain smoking like for a long time, you know. Uh, but um, I was introduced to some other people who had uh, been where I had been. This was a turning point in my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because it was the first time that I, I um, had met people who had felt what I actually felt, like especially the stuff I felt when no one was around, you know, when I wasn't trying to like put on a front. They understood what I was like feeling and thinking and the uh it's like being a werewolf and not being any not being able to tell anyone about it but these people i felt like they actually they actually understood my twist and i felt hopeless enough in a moment to kind of become to go along with something other than just like whatever i wanted to do yeah and um that started a whole process there's still some music in it um not for the first um not for the first year but you weren't the guy in the smoke pit with your guitar trying to impress the girls there were no girls oh they put the girls away from us (laughs) so uh (laughs) but you were like but you were the guy with the guitar in the smoke pit i'm sure Totally. Right? There's like, you know, when you go to treatment, you bring your guitar with you. That's part of your identity. Dude, I met so many awesome people there. And so many people that just got loaded again, you know? Yeah. But again, I couldn't tell the truth. I remember telling my my roommate, like, yeah, I shot heroin. And like, (laughs) just because I wanted to like look cool, you know? Like, as like an edgy kid. But I've never shot heroin. Dude, I never felt so uncool whenever I went to treatment and everybody was, everybody was dope fiends you know i wanted to be a dope fiend yeah i was like i just wasn't i don't they're just yeah i I did opiates (laughs) i did opiates okay (laughs) take it easy on me i got experience with that i just never shot it i did opiates isn't it weird how you feel like less than (laughs) because you didn't do heroin that's you don't understand me (laughs) no i know what it i mean maybe i don't understand that ritual yeah but i know i'm quite familiar with other rituals and just wanting to uh, annihilate myself for uh, so long, you know. Um, 
yeah, I wanted not to exist. Really, it just did not want to exist. And now I kind of don't think that that's a bad thing in the sense of like existing all the time. Hmm. Like me doing all this stuff is, it is tiring. It's a tiring gig of being separate from everything. Yeah. And not that, well, that's, then that whole thing gets tricky too. But, uh, don't, don't, don't go too far. I'm not going to, I don't know, go too far away. over our heads, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, so what happens a couple, uh, six months after I get sober, uh, Katrina hits, uh-huh. it's the big, uh, outer event marker. And then, um, I had to be around my family for the first time in a while. Mm. That was interesting. Driving around, helping them out, move stuff and be there. Yeah. Weird. Hard. Um, Got a job in the meantime, shortly thereafter. Or I had had a job. And started paying rent and kind of doing things that like normal people were doing all along that I just wasn't privy to. Yeah. And um, yeah, started playing music with a couple friends. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I I did let my uh, let myself go again, you know, kind of like like uh, booze did in the beginning. It was like uh, having a guitar in my hand just like really did, uh, especially loud guitar, did did do something amazing, you know, and uh, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I met again, but I met so I've met so many incredible people. Um, and at this point you're living still in, in, in Homa? No. So I had moved to New Orleans to Metairie to the Burbs. The Burbs. And then, uh, the rehab was in Mississippi. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, Mississippi was kind of where kind of a new life began Okay. with a whole new slew of mistakes and highs. I mean, I met again the people in retrospect are the things that have made my life worthwhile you yeah know? um and how long were you there whoa i was there for about five years oh. no four four something i don't know 2009 10 so yeah around four something years um, my little creative projects kind of ran their course and, um, I, uh, I did witness, I, I experienced some disappointment after, you know, having done like really cool things like touring in vans and, uh, yeah. playing really cool house show, shows, art shows, bars, and, um, making a lot of art, recording tons of music. You know, and and like being inspired, yeah. Like inspiration was flowing through me in a, in a sense. Um, but that ride did come to an end for me, and uh, it ended in a heartbreak kind of situation. Um, I had met a really amazing someone, <laughs> and uh, this person was incredible, and still is like inside of me. Wow. I'm being vague on purpose. <laughs> Whatever. That's all right. 
Um, but this person changed me um, forever. And um, now was this person um, uh, sober too, or definitely on a path? On a different path, but on a, path. On yeah. on, yeah. on a on some kind of path. Mm. Yeah. That really goes somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I lost this connection mainly due because uh, due to my fear mm. to like give myself over completely. Wow. And uh, what happens? And back up in my parents' garage. Nice. That's where it always ends up, huh? So it always <laughs> comes back to that, yeah. Even recently, you know? I just did a three-month stay at my parents' home after traveling to parts of the world that yeah. I didn't know existed before I got sober. Yeah. Like, literally, I didn't know some of these places were on a map. Isn't it incredible when you travel somewhere and you realize, oh, my God, this is happening simultaneously to my existence, and I'm completely unaware of it? People live differently than my yeah, and there's crazy so many. It's, it, it, you go to you, you you go to a city and it's bustling. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my god, this is like insane. Yeah. People live differently. Yeah. It's incredible. Or, yeah, exactly. It's so crazy. Traveling is a trip, man. Yeah. So I hit a dark moment at a couple years sober, mm-hmm. and then um, I uh, I met a light. I met someone who had a light mm. and he burnt me with it and um he took me into his life and um he showed me things and told me things and told me really weird stories he was crazy he mm-hmm. is crazy <laughs> um but um yeah he showed me a different way and uh it redirected me from death i think and uh and uh then another part of my life began and um you know there was still like some music and art but uh it was it was less identified with like this character that I this phony you know and uh um what what happened yeah you started Doing different things like different things, working and meeting new people. You yeah. know, it's like there's all these people already there, but like I have such a closed view of the world yeah. that I'm only tuned into such a small pe- small group of people. And when like I become open minded, it's like, wow, where are these people? And like they were already there. Yeah, I just wasn't. I wasn't even aware of them. You so know, this was at like after moving for five. Like when you moved here is, when, is whenever this happened. Moved back to New Orleans. It was a process, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it involved other people too. It yeah. wasn't just. I mean, this is a summary, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, again, the people are the things that have made my life like just rich and. Um, so what? So basically, you're saying. This person that that was a light. What I mean, can you give some details on how how this light was different? Yeah, he was um uh he was a creative type too, and uh, 
he was going through his own dark spot, mm-hmm. but um, he didn't let on to it, you know, and really just like, um, I can't even, I can't even really explain. I mean, it, cause it was so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I had, I wasn't used to people like, uh, opening themselves up like that without wanting something right after, you know, or like, you know? Yeah. Um, you, so you, you weren't used to somebody like opening themselves up to you without an agenda. Well, his, his only agenda was to, um, to truly help me, not mm-hmm. help me just to, like get a fix or get the next thing, but to, to free me. Yeah. He wanted to free me. And, uh, Like, what did he teach you? Um, he showed me. What did he show <laughs> He showed me how... he. I think he was the first person that showed me how to meditate, you know? Yeah. Not that I'm a really professional meditator now, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, hanging out with him was probably one of the first couple times I actually, like, sat with myself. Yeah. You know? S- sat with my crazy thoughts instead of trying to run away from them. Mm. Just run away. Um, and yeah, and then like naturally kind of community kind of developed and, um, it was strange and weird cause we're not alike in a lot. Yeah. I mean, we are alike in a lot of ways, but very different too. And, um, and I've experienced that more recently too, traveling, you know, yeah. um, I ended up going back to school after um, a couple more years, uh, at age 28, not a very graceful thing to do. <laughs> but, oh, I think it's I mean, incredibly I, graceful. I wasn't graceful. Uh, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> I didn't do it very gracefully, uh, at all. Yeah. But, uh, that wasn't the point, right? I mean, yeah, the point is that you did it, right? Well, and I didn't even do it on my own. I was kind of confronted by the people who cared about me who were like, maybe it's time to like do something yeah, else. The spirit of trying something new. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was interesting. I, and then I found I kind of liked learning. Um, I like learning languages and reading about different things and yeah uh philosophies and fictions and it was like wow there's this whole other world that i just didn't even know about you know Mm. um so i finished my last kind of musical project around 2015 and then graduated in 2018 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i remember i think i had your uh, like one of your like rec- rec- records like your little album CDs mm. um i probably it's probably laying around somewhere <laughs> i think you gave it to me or you sold it to me or even you might have just given it to me um i enjoyed it i always wondered why you stopped but i will say this though since we're being vague about the process. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will say that you helped me along my process, and I say this a lot. Um, I I share this a lot because the people you encounter, right? Like you said, the people that show you um, the path. Um, you showed me, um, and not to like you know pump you up, um, but you showed me courage like I hadn't seen before or or like I didn't think that I that was like that I had in me um and to this day I like I always that one instance between in your vehicle when you shared something with me um is a integral part of my story Mm. because I didn't know that people were honest like that I didn't know that I could be honest like that. It was like, I didn't know that like, and with no agenda. (laughs) Well, again, if I did anything, it was literally just because it was going through me. I mean, in the sense of like, I'm not by nature a good dude. Yeah. You know, and I still don't like viewing moral, viewing life in a moral lens of good and bad. I'm still I'm still not attracted to it. Yeah. You know? Um but I I, st- I feel like when I hear people talk, I can feel like a power, like when there is a power. Mm-hmm. It's um and that attracts me. And I've I've met so many people like that have had that that like took me in, you know. I met a guy in Korea who uh who showed me how to meditate a little bit more or not more. Because yeah, it's you know, a different way. A different way, but like, um, I was not looking for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, going to Korea, I was not looking for that, you know? Yeah. It's funny, you never know what's going to grow your practice. Or how I would end up in Korea was a whole <laughs> nother thing, you know? That involved another someone. North Korea? South. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool, too. It's like, um, I, you know life is kind of hard sometimes or like it's heavy going or whatever. But like I've been able to actually have like relationships where I've showed people who I, who I am. Mm. And, uh, and of course, whenever I try to control that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I think you mean like relationships? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say. You never know what's going to like, um, improve or 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 enhance your practice and 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 i find that like a relationship for me especially like currently it's been something that has enhanced my practice because it's like forced me it it bring it it, it's brought out some of the more unsavory character it's brought out some of the best of me but it's also brought out some of the worst of me but in bringing out the worst of me, like it forces me back into my practice, and it, and and, uh, and it's you know my meditation's been has been really on point lately, um, and it's really not because I I'm a meditator, <laughs> not because I'm like super dedicated and disciplined. It's because I've been like in situations where I'm like, oh, I need to get back, you know, out out of this like lizard brain dominance <laughs> you um, know? Um, 
so Korea. So so since you so your travels, um, I mean, you were gone for quite accidental. Yeah, it, it kind of snowballed, um, and uh, and kind of because I I don't I don't know. Uh, reactivated something in me though. Traveling. Mm. Uh, studied abroad for two years or for two semesters. Excuse me. Yeah. One in uh, the Netherlands and yeah. one in Korea. Feels like you were gone for longer than a year though. It was one year, and then I, and I traveled more recently. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, it puts things into perspective too. I mean, kind of see things from different ways and see what what things we have going for us and what ways we don't. But um, have kind of like a relationship traveling. I have to confront myself in a way that I don't have to staying in one place because I bring myself everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I'm quite faulty. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, there's nowhere to hide when you're traveling. You just you can't go anywhere. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? You got no, like, you don't have, like, the your usual buddies or your usual places to go. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. You're just on the fly, kind of. And you're forced to interact. And you're forced to interact in yeah. different languages sometimes. And, yeah, because you can, you can, like, take refuge in the people you already know. Not that I'm a language. I'm not. I don't want to make it look like I'm this. Like I can speak twenty languages. You don't just. No, you, I, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't just go around speaking American and, and, and expecting everybody. There was some of that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that English is a uh, globally spoken though too. <laughs> I realize now how many people cornered me to practice. You know, mm. it's like they were just using me to oh. practice their English. <laughs> I thought they really liked me. Oh. <laughs> So since you've been so what um so what's up now, what's going on with you now? What, what what's your situation now? I mean what? So let's 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 you you said you're 33 years old. Yeah. And you got sober at 19. Right? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. So you should be really proud of yourself and your accomplishments. Well, when people <laughs> say that, I feel like they, they misunderstand what's happened in my life. Yeah, you know? I'm just fucking with you. I know, I know. <laughs> like, or I got it when I was young. It's like, there wasn't much. I mean, it was like either yeah. try something new or mm-hmm. accept defeat. Yeah. And and by my own hand. Yeah, no, it's you know? amazing, dude. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that, at least I try not to be. Maybe I was, I have been. But that discredits the sobriety of somebody who got sober at sixteen. You know what did they experience? But like, I've heard I've heard stories, you know, yours included, of people who have genuinely, and I can, and I and I hear their story and I go, oh wow, thank God they got it when they did, you know. And well, and I and that got it too is also misleading because yeah. who's gonna get what? It's almost well, like, kind of got it es- escaped. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but like, like this whole thing of like getting anything, yeah, becomes tricky. You know. Well, you can at least uh, acknowledge that they got sober. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like every time I've gotten anything, yeah, it's left. Hmm. I can't hold on to it. Yeah. I try sometimes, but... Uh, yeah. Hold on loosely. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, and so now you're back here, and you're in your you your new chapter, new adventure, thirty-three. Um, Living with a good friend. Hmm. We worked at a laundromat together, and uh, and uh, we worked at a at a cafe together, and um, it's incredible, you know. Yeah. I such a dear friend, but like, if you would have told me when I met her that I would be living with her, you know, I just would I wouldn't have been able to comprehend it. No, you know, <laughs> life takes weird, weird twists, weird turns. Unexpected stuff. So you're there now. Um, <laughs> you must have just moved in. Cause, I moved in yesterday. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like literally, yeah, because I know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and kind of still coming to terms more and more with like how many good people there already were in the world that were all around me. Wow. And I just wasn't tuned into them. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. No, it's like I walk around. I always think about it like this. Like I, whenever I'm just walking around in my head, everybody in the world is just some mindless, soulless avatar who are just like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like if I'm in some Sims game and they're just like walking around, they're like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I often don't connect that they're people with lives, with ambitions, with families, with hopes, with dreams, with loves, with all that, like incredibly complex lives. To me, they're just like, you know, avatars walking around and I forget, you know? It's easy for me to forget that everybody, there's, you know, and then like when you meet people and you go, oh wow, this person's interesting. And then you meet another one, you're like, oh wow, this person is interesting as well. And then that falling in love feeling of oh. life comes in. Or yeah. like, I'm in love with life. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's really strange. But yeah, I don't have it figured out. Like I'm I haven't arrived or I haven't got it or like it's almost the opposite. Well yeah. I feel more out of sorts than ever now. Hmm. <laughs> I don't feel like I know it. Welcome. You finally well, got it. There you go. Well, <laughs> I mean, I still pretend. I still yeah. get on my hours, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What are we looking at on time? You you uh, you feel like you, you got some more in you? More. I mean, look, that's fine. We can close with this. Um, I've been trying to do like a, a, a question, which I've tried it. I don't even know if I did it with my last episode that I put that we put that we put out, because um, sometimes it's hard to land the podcast and be like, you know, it's like an awkward goodbye. Okay, yeah. all right, good That's stuff. That's it. Goodbye. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm practicing with new ways of landing it, but like I've been thinking, like if I can ask a question that's uh, relevant and that can maybe, uh, uh, if the answer could be helpful to the person who's listening, because at the end of the day. We want whatever we say here to like be able to for somebody to go. Oh, okay, yeah, they seem right. You know, maybe I can be right. <laughs> um, so, um, the question that I've thought of is not that creative, but I, I figured that it would maybe create uh, bring about like poignant um, responses that that are that are relevant. Uh, 
So if you were to encounter yourself at 19, right before you got sober, that guy, that person that you were then, um, your person, the person you are right now could maybe travel back through time and encounter that person and tell him, um, tell him something that maybe can help him along whatever journey, um, well, what would you say to somebody? What would you say to yourself? And granted, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that you would want to change your experience. So, sure. But you know, what would you say to somebody who was who wasn't you who was in the exact same place you were in? You know, that's the thing, right? That's the. Um, That's the question. Wow. I know. I should have. That's a heavy question. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I mean, it's good. I, if I saw myself, like, being where I am now, I think if I were, like, in a sad kind of mood, I would, like, I wouldn't say anything. I would just, like, hug him. Hmm. Or um, if I was feeling tricky. I would, I would just like look at him and laugh, you know. Um, That's perfect. Because, uh, you know, the trick I was playing on myself, you know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's it. what comes to mind. I don't know if that's right or wrong. No, or... that's great. I love the the. Uh, just hug him. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Thank you for coming here, Ben, and doing this. Thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate you. It's been and, a trip. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for me. Come on.